conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, Emmanuel, what are you doing in this episode? Did I forget a meeting? Hey, Will. No, we don't have a meeting, but I love tuning into the recording, so I figured I'd hop in. Oh, awesome. Well, hey, since I got you here, do you mind sharing some stuff about Jetstream? Ever since our episode on Slick Talk, we get tons of questions about you and, of course, Jetstream. Of course. I'd love to share. Anything specific? Well, I keep getting asked, what's the difference between Jetstream and any other service or tech in the vacation rental industry? My simple answer is that Jetstream isn't just the tech you need, but it's the people too. Am I close? The short answer is yes. You see, maybe you're a short-term rental operator or a realtor or an investor. If you have an interest in short-term rentals and hospitality, you're looking for the most efficient way to either enter the industry or streamline your operations. You've got two options. Option one, the hard one. You find a PMS, hire staff, learn the tools, figure out OTA distribution, train yourself, train your teams, price your product, deal with customers, and you do everything yourself. Option two, partner with Jetstream. Jetstream is a complete solution that maximizes your revenue in the short-term rental industry without increasing your fixed costs. Jetstream handles everything. So I don't need to sign up for vacation rental software or worry about distribution headaches. And what about branding? What if operators love their brand and name? Do they have to give that up in order to be powered by Jetstream? Absolutely not. Deathstream does all of this white labeled under your brand name, everything. You focus on delivering on-site guest delight and growing your inventory, Jetstream handles the rest. And to make it even easier for your listeners and anyone else who stumbles across this podcast, anyone who mentions code SLICKTALK50 will receive 50% off the first three months. All right. Coming in big with the 50% off for our listeners. Well, hey, Emmanuel, I just want to say thank you so much for shedding some light on the power of Jetstream and being such a great industry partner. I do have to get back to this episode, though, but let's get together soon for another virtual happy hour. First round's on me. Sounds good, Will. See you soon.
Good morning. Happy Good morning. Monday. Welcome back to States. I know. It feels great to be back home. You don't realize that you miss a few little things when you're living out of a suitcase for a month. So putting on the sweatshirt again was... Uh, it was a good sign. It was a good feeling. I felt really good. I was like, ah, yes, we're back. We're back, baby. I recognize yeah. some of those faces. Yeah, you know, pretty good looking guys, I think. No big deal. But um, I want to shave myself and then say, no, I can't because it doesn't match with the NFTs or with the with your hoodie. So yeah, nobody would recognize us if you shaved. No. So yeah. Um, but good to be back. We <laughs> we had a, a killer first week. Uh well, not first week. We had a killer end of the quarter and now this is season four episode one because it's a new quarter obviously so we do a new season every uh quarter there um so i'm excited and we got a great guest joining us and what do you what do you got ross you look, look confused no i was thinking look more like we're gonna announce our earnings call or something because you oh. mentioned about quarters but no, let's yeah. keep our earnings call maybe yeah, for now. our earnings call we're crushing it we killed it <laughs> Made, yeah uh, but that's it's getting seven maybe i don't know anyways Going on to the next part, um, I want to reintroduce the show a little bit because I think we've had a lot of new listeners based off of like the analytics going into the back end of the audio stuff. Um, and so reintroducing um, kind of the show concept and who we are, what we do. Um, nothing too crazy just because, you know, we got a lot of new people. We want them to feel welcome and, and welcomed into the, uh, the jamming. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. Uh, so. I'm Will Slickers, obviously. Uh, me and Michael Golden started this show. Well, we all started the show together, but Golden gave me the idea when he was a guest on Slick Talk, and so it was more of like, a, hey, we should start another podcast. Um, me thinking I didn't want to do another podcast because there's a lot of stuff that goes into doing a podcast, um, but it ended up being a great idea, and so this show were really uh, casual, focused on the industry news based on the last week and kind of what we've seen maybe you know, in the news this week, as we wake up in the morning, we kind of switch topics uh, depending on what happens. But yeah, it's pretty chill. We uh, we are live. We don't have scripts, so yes. anything can happen. Uh, yes. And sometimes it does. So <laughs> <laughs> as of uh, yeah, last week is a good example if anyone saw our live show. Um, so that is very true. But other than that. Um, I think it's good to dive in. We do two segments every week. Uh, one is called What's With The Noise, where Michael Golden covers uh, kind of industry topics or highlighted uh, articles from uh, the industry, whether it's hotels, short-term rentals, um, anything travel-related. Uh, and then we have Startup of the Week, where Mr. Ross covers uh, pretty much a unique and cool startup that's in hospitality and travel. Uh, maybe they raised some capital. Maybe they're creating a new product, whatever it may be. Um, so those are the two segments and I think we're ready to rock and roll. And, uh, I want to give Ross, you know, the spotlight this morning. So, you know, see, uh, see what the startup is and let's get rocking and rolling. Yes. Good morning. Well, normally I'm announcing often investments. Now it's an acquisition, uh, camber actually get acquired by Amadeus. So uh, it's amazing what they have achieved. They were last year, or is it a few months ago, they were in the top 25 of startups in Focuswire together with Noiseware and other companies. They did actually in a funding round, um, what is it, in, in 2021. So they, they, they closed 3 million. Actually, now they went to an acquisition with, uh, with Amadeus. Um, what I understood is that Amadeus already have their own revenue management software uh, solution, the same with Cumber is. 
So they are going to just actually add it to Altea, the current solution of, of Amadeo. So pretty impressive that the guys, I think officially a Dutch company as well, that they actually get acquired by a large corporate like, like Amadeus. So well done. And I think this is not the only one you saw. Uh, you saw as well that in last year, September, well, that was another acquisition actually in the same space. So uh, XCheck and, and FedDirect actually, uh, actually uh, bought uh, another company, Flyer Lab. So you see more consolidation there already in the revenue management software solutions for the airline. So uh, guys of Camber, well done. Another busy week on the M&A and funding side. So we saw a few startups get funded last week, Touch, Stay, Glimpse, and there was one other. And then we also saw home to go acquire their second company in the past three months. So home to go is on a spending spree. They're seeming to, to be rolling up a lot of their smaller competitors uh, locally or regionally. And this is a strategy we've seen HomeAway do very successfully. HomeAway is, of course, now Verbo. So well done, home to go and the team. Uh, our streak of acquisitions is now at three or four weeks in a row. Uh, so really cool to see. And hopefully it keeps up. That trend is one that I think we all agree the industry needs. Totally agree. And, you know, it's just a, another reminder to maybe new audience members that we predict the future on the show as well, because uh, that was our biggest prediction of the year was not only more capital coming into the space, but a lot of roll ups and acquisitions. So, no, you're welcome. We're, we're just kind of, you know, future seers over here. Um, but before we get to the highlight of this episode, uh, which I'm really excited about because uh, Brandy Canali is a great friend. Uh, out in Miami, who's joining us today to kind of cover the behind the scenes and kind of her journey with uh, Sextant Stays. But um, before we move on, we want to give a quick shout out to uh, one of our show sponsors. They've been supporting us the last, I would say, quite a few months. I would say last maybe six, seven, maybe eight months. Um, and they're just great people over there. So we're going to give Breezeway a quick shout out once Breezeway is uh, the, the ad is done there. We're going to bring Brandy onto the show. And so I'm really excited. So here we go. Meet Breezeway, the leading platform for property care and cleaning operations. Built to coordinate, communicate, and verify all the work done at each property so you can deliver a better experience to guests and owners. Breezeway syncs your property data and reservations into one user-friendly dashboard, taking the guesswork out of scheduling jobs to the right person at the right time. Teams in the field use mobile checklists to get their work done, letting you monitor issues and progress in real time, giving you confidence that every job is done right and every property is clean, well-maintained, and ready. Smart tools to make complex work much easier. Best of all, Breezeway integrates with dozens of PMS systems and IoT devices so you can optimize your property service programs without switching the systems you already use. Nice. Breezeway has an entire messaging platform, too, for texting automated service updates, communicating with guests and residents, and offering additional services like extended stays. Delivering quality property care and service is challenging. Breezeway has you covered each step of the way with tools like detailed owner reporting, 
safety inspections, and inventory tracking. You'll drive more service revenue, save thousands on operation costs, and boost client satisfaction. It's time to power your property care with Breezeway. Go to breezeway.io to learn more. There we go. I'm on mute. Uh, we got to call them and tell them to put GMH at the end. You know, breezeway.io forward slash GMH. Um, that's our code. But anyways, thank you, Breezeway, for supporting the show. And we are super excited because for the grand finale, we're going to welcome Miss Brandy Canale. What, what? Here Nice rhyme there, Will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can click with it. You know, just had to. I had to give Brandy the special welcome. So <laughs> how are you, you. doing, Brandy? <laughs> I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course. Yeah, it's like uh, Sextant is uh, a big highlight within the Hospitality FM sphere because we had you and Andreas on Slick Talk. Now we get to have you on Good Morning Hospitality. So I guess we kind of like you guys a little bit. Oh, Just... good. We like you too. <laughs> well, to, to continue the intro here, Brandy is one of Forbes 30 under 30. So huge congrats there it is not uh, not an easy thing to accomplish. It is huge. Uh, we're, we're all very excited for you, Brandy. Thanks yes. very much. Yeah, it's a big honor. And, um, you know, I think it, it also highlights our like whole industry. So it's, it's great to bring attention to that. I love Impressive. it. Well, so t- tell us, Brandy, how this whole thing got started. Uh, the whole thing. The whole sexton thing. <laughs> the, whole, the whole company. I know you were right there integral yeah. from, from the, the early days. So tell us kind of how how you took it from zero to one and then obviously where you guys are today. We can fast forward a few steps. Sure. So yeah, Andreas, our CEO, started the company. Um, he had one property that he rented out, I think, for New Year's one year and made, you know, well more than his mortgage payment on the reservation. So he started with a couple of properties and he's actually married to my cousin. And I was finishing grad school and didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. So my initial plan was just to come to Miami for a year and help him out. Um, you know, living in Miami didn't sound like the worst thing. And um, yeah, then I never left. So uh, that was how <laughs> how I got started. And you know, I think the first year or so it was very slow growth. There was only a couple of us, five or six of us, really uh, hustling, uh, working very hard, wearing many hats. Um, and you know, we just over the last, you know the first couple of years slowly built. We were in single family homes more in Miami and then started to get into the full building residences, which is, you know, the model now. And then, you know, I always feel kind of guilty saying this, but one of the best things that's happened to us was COVID uh, because, um, you know, some of our competitors shuttered and we were able to grow dramatically. Um, In 2020, we grew 650%. Um, In total, we've grown 800%. So it's, you know, it was pretty, it was rapid growth. It was certainly a learning exercise. <laughs> when, so you guys bootstrapped a few employees for a year or two. When did you guys realize that this could actually be a business and more of, more than just a hobby? Sure. So, you know, I think Andreas is one thing, um, you know, it's been really great working with him is he has the the grand vision for all of this. And so even though we had a little bit of a slower start, it was always, it was intentional. It was building towards, you know, something bigger. And I think, 
one of the things I really pride ourselves on is being, you know, not just growing for the sake of growing. So making sure that the company is actually sustainable along the way. And, you know, we, from the beginning, we realized that we wanted to have everything in-house. So over a course of a couple of years, we've transitioned all of our maintenance and housekeeping, all of that in-house, all of our customer service. And so those things, you know, take time and resources. And I think that, you know, ha- just being like sticking true to that vision has been essential for, for keeping us on the right path. Because I see as well that you're just focusing on free cities so far, right? This is, the, like, this is also the goal of be strong in free cities or um, a few cities only and be strong there instead of you see other comp- competition growing as much as possible to as much cities as possible with a smaller inventory. Exactly. And so, you know, the, it's going a mile deep instead of a mile wide. So focusing heavily on South Florida and New Orleans and building up the operational operations there. And then we're going, we'll be expanding into a few other cities in the coming months, but we're, you know, replicating that model because if you have to have a city manager, you have to have a team, you know, all of that, you need that, whether you have one building or you have six. So it makes sense to try to, you know, get as much as you can out of these markets before moving on uh, somewhere else. It, it has to be pretty tempting, though. I'm, I'm sure you have developers come to you from all over the country. Uh, it has to be pretty tempting to when they, they want you to manage their building. And Yeah, you know, I think it obviously you see those kind of things and it, it can be tempting. But we have a pretty clear plan of the types of cities that we want to go into and then also the types of buildings and the types of landlords. And uh, we have, you know, refined this this vision for the company over the last year. And we're actually finding that we're being approached by people that really fit in with, you know, our, our plan. And we have these, you know, really strong partnerships now, which, uh, you know, is obviously great. They, they bring further connections and there's, there's a surprising amount of uh, fun inventory in South Florida and New Orleans. So I'm excited for you guys to see maybe some of the projects we're working on uh, in the coming months. Nice. Fast forward five years. What, uh, what's the company look like? Yeah, now, uh, so we went from, you know, three of us hustling at a hundred designing room table. Uh, and now we have almost 300 employees, um, obviously based in our, uh, you know, core markets, South Florida, New Orleans. Um, we actually have a pretty sizable staff in, uh, Spokane, Washington. We have a lot of, uh, phenomenal state Alfred alums that have joined us. Um, and then we have almost 90, uh, people in the Philippines. And we're actually going over to visit them in a couple weeks, which is going to be really fun. That's super Um, Yeah. And so, you know, that's been, it's, I think one of the greatest opportunities of like, certainly in my lifetime thus far has been this ability to grow the company and really, you know, it's, there's no roadmap. There's no one telling you how to grow a company like this. So it's been an extraordinary and rewarding challenge, I would say. Because you're CEO, there's only one step further. Which, which, well, is CEO? Do you ever see you see taking this role? I don't know. If you're no, you, you know, well, at least not Andreas. Not no, no, I'm curious. I'm curious <laughs> because I, I started the company. I started as CEO in here for one year. But I just because I became back CEO and just went back into CEO of of bedroom. But it is completely differently, right? But the other hand, it's like. So I think the CEO is, well, I don't say more busy, but it's completely different kind of kind of responsibilities, right? So Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for um, I don't have necessarily this like crazy entrepreneurial drive. I mean, to a certain extent, yes, but I really like being the one that 
puts the vision into action and coordinating all of that. Like that's, you know, integrating all the different components of the businesses, I think where I really thrive. And so, um, you know, obviously always looking to improve and move up in the world, but I'm not, I'm not gunning for Andreas's job right now. <laughs> I don't want to ruin your relationship. I'm just curious how you see this. But so. Good, well, good uh, answer. He, he's on speakerphone right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, that's always a really good, like, I, I'm always curious on people's strengths, kind of like, where do you see mm -hmm. your, yourself kind of fitting in the best spot? And so my kind of custom question for you, I would say is, what would you say your strengths are from when you jumped into the beginning of the business to where you are, where you are now? And I'm kind of curious if it changed throughout your career growing with the company or has it always been a consistent strength that you've had? Yeah, well, I think, you know, just when you start, when you're the second employee wearing many hats and, you know, I've done everything. I did our accounting for three and a half years. I ran all of our distribution, marketing, government relations, et cetera. There's very few parts of the business that I haven't touched. And so now that we've, you know, those hats have become their own departments. I think what's been really helpful is that I understand all of these different components of the business and I understand how they work together. And so now as a COO, I can help the people in those departments work together. I can see how, you know, everything kind of fits together. And, um, you know, one of our company core values is being adaptable. And I think that's certainly one of my best qualities or biggest strengths because you kind of have to be. There's no, there's no choice when you're starting a business like this. So, um, yeah, and I would say that that's just grown over time. I've, um, you know, certainly... Yeah, adapted, I would say. Is, the COO some, role is hard. <laughs> but is there something in the last, this is a bit more than five years, right? If I'm correct, uh, working uh, yeah, in Saxon. Uh, is, there, is there something that like, this makes me so proud when I look back at my uh, at past five years? Yeah, I I mean, just the company as a whole, I'm so proud of. I'm really proud of the way we came through COVID. Um, you know, during those, especially those first uh, couple of weeks, it was really, it was scary for a lot of people. And we didn't lay off any employees. We paid out quarterly bonuses and really kept the team together. And then that kind of treatment of like how we treat our staff, how we work together as a team is probably one of the things I'm most proud of. We have people that are incredibly loyal to the company because we, you know, we really treat everyone very well. And we try to make sure that everyone feels like they have real ownership and like a stake in the company and our success. So I would say that's definitely one of the things I'm the most proud of over the last five years. What do you think what, what we often have a discussion here? I come more from the hotel space. Well, Mike, of course, and, and Will as well, more from the vacation rental space, well, you as well. What do you think that hotels can learn from vacation rental and opposite? Well, I think we're uh, you know, starting to see more and more of these industries <laughs> combine and yeah. overlap. And I think that hotels, it seemed for a while, were very, very resistant to any sort of change. And so, uh, you know, and I get it, the, the, the legacy product, you know, why change something that's been working? But I think that hotels could learn to be a little bit more adaptable. Um, and from vacation rentals, uh, I in short term rentals, being operationally a bit more efficient. I, th I think, you know, hotels have become these great machines where everything is, well, it seems like everything's working very well. And with vacation rentals, I think now we're seeing the professionalization and standardization um, that hotels have. And I think that that's, you know, that's really important. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that because uh, I, I came from the hotel side originally and then 
really shifted into vacation rentals and short-term rentals. And that was the biggest thing was the, I, I wouldn't say unprofessionalism. It's just more like the standardization of operations and quality control and communication and marketing and, you know, all the stuff that go in between. Um, so it's really cool to, uh, to see that you guys are kind of being the hybrid. You're, you're really taking yeah. it in, in a, on that brandy would you consider yourself a hotel company or a short-term rental company <laughs> yeah a, an apart hotel put yourself company. in yeah. a box <laughs> yeah and that's i well isn't that just like the most i think that's frustrating when we go and you try to especially if you're trying to explain this business to someone who's not familiar and because i mean we do our you know full building residences it is a hotel that's basically apartments so it, you know it's trying to figure out i also i can't really stand the phrase or the word apart hotel it's just it's not very sexy <laughs> um, it's so very miami else, very, very yeah. miami <laughs> um, and so i think you know the the you know I don't know, politically correct way of me saying we're both. I, I, I can't really put us in a box right now. Um, but I think we are becoming more like a hotel just because of the nature of physically of the buildings. Um, but, you know, we're and we get hotel licenses a lot of times. And that's just because it's easier from a regulatory perspective and a tax perspective. So it's the lines are blurring for sure. Well, uh, on that, do you see the exit in two, five, 10 years to a hotel brand, to another short-term rental operator? Do you ever plan to exit? What's the- I, You know, I always think that's an interesting question because, you know, it's kind of like, how are you going to get out of the business that you're in currently? And so I, I think, you know, the, the end goal would be for Sextant to have, you know, different verticals that we're in, potentially getting into, you know, long-term residential. We're experimenting with mid-term rental buildings and, and things like that. So I see us having multiple arms of the business. Um, and, you know, the exit is, it's not something I like to think about. Honestly, it makes me a little sad. <laughs> but yes, I'm, I'm sure, you know, the, the big goal is to, you know, go public at some point. So but that's probably several years off at this point. Yeah, something, something to look forward to, for sure. Exactly. Um, I have one more question for you. Um, from an operations perspective, why do you think there's fewer companies like Sextant at the scale that you guys are currently at? So more or less like, there's still competition, obviously, they're not going to be a lone wolf. Um, but why do you think there's so few operators kind of going at the scale that you guys are? Um, I just, I mean, it's difficult. And, uh, you know, getting, first of all, getting inventory right now, we've built up a good track record. So those conversations with landlords or developers, it's easier because you can say, hey, look, we've, we're doing this well. And here are all the examples. But I think getting into it, it requires a lot of capital, you know, whether you're doing, even if you're doing, you know, um, a management agreement and you're not paying a huge rent, I mean, it's still expensive. You still have to figure out how to, um, you know, furnish it higher for all of that. So I think that the cost is probably prohibitive um, unless you're getting, you know, outside, you know, serious investment um, and I think regulations and supply. So, and a lot of these markets where you want to be. Miami is a great example. I mean, rents have skyrocketed here in the last couple of years. So anywhere where you have housing issues and increased rents and things like that, I think it's going to be harder to get product. Um, so those, that's what I would say is just those barriers are, you know, prohibitive. You, you touched on a few things, but what do you think the, the single biggest threat to, to your business and then more broadly to 
I guess we'll, we'll call you short-term rentals. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll stay away from hotels. I, yeah. I think, well, short term, I think the regulations are, are a big, big threat, especially because you have just a miseducation, I think of a lot of, in a lot of communities and you're seeing a lot of knee jerk reactions to, to things instead of, you know, thoughtful, creative problem solving. And, you know, i in Florida, there's been, you know, kind of a, a backlash against short-term rentals when that is an economy, you know, an industry that contributes billions of dollars to the state economy every year. And so I think that, and, and I don't know how we do this better as an industry, but just a, a re-education for everyone to show how beneficial this industry is and how it's very similar to hotels. It's just a different type of building. So there shouldn't be this kind of animosity that I think brews in some communities. So um, hopefully we can, you know, work with agencies to kind of show the, the benefits. I mean, the, the tax dollars alone should be should be incentive enough. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, are you guys doing anything as a company to kind of get in that forefront of the education and, and regulatory issues? Or are you more or less like just being a, leading as an example, right? I think that's yeah, a- and that might, that is something I've thought about um, recently is that we probably could be doing a little bit more to be, um, you know, involved in that kind of community engagement. Um, the reality is just like bandwidth, <laughs> you know, where we have a, a lot of employees, it seems, but our kind of like administrative and office staff is very lean. So mm-hmm. it is something that I think we should be, you know, talking about more, but then also leading by example, trying to be good community partners. Um, especially, um, you know, in New Orleans, we tried to be really active after Hurricane Ida and helping, you know, as we could there. So I think doing things like that will show that, you know, we're not we're not the bad guys uh, that people that might think us to be. Yeah, the, yeah. the party penthouses that everyone thinks it is when it comes to <laughs> yeah. everyone just automatically assumes Airbnb and they automatically assume uh, a party. The, or the only substance I've stated have been party penthouses. For <laughs> yeah. <right>? yeah. <laughs> That's not the only supply that Sexton has. So no, <laughs> but the, but you know, and I think that's that's part. Of, that's one of the reasons why we love having these full buildings is that we you know there are the party penthouses maybe on the top, but we have you know overnight security, we have noise aware, we have you know all these tools that we're using to control the experience in the building, and that way you know we're not bothering a family that lives on you know the fourth floor and there's a whole group of people here for ultra, you know. So mm-hmm. that's definitely something that we're working on. And, you know, we've been in some of these buildings for many, many years. And I think over time, you just prove that you're pleasant to work with and that you're taking good care of, of the community that you're in. Yeah, 100%. I love that. All right. So, Brandy, we, we always do a rapid fire with guests. <laughs> so who knows what the questions are? A lot of times we just make them up. Okay, um, let's do it. So I'll, I'll go first with a not made up question. What's, uh, what's harder, <laughs> the, what's a harder phase of the business? One to 10, 10 to a hundred or a hundred to, you know, 200. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good question. Hard for different reasons. The one to 10 is hard because you are doing absolutely everything and working, you know, 14 hour days just to keep the business going. And then once you get much larger, it's the, it's harder because there's more repercussions. There's consequences, bigger consequences to the things that you're doing. So harder for different reasons. Fair enough. Um, Beer, wine, or cocktail? Oh, um, big into wine. um, But I love gin. So. Okay. Dinner out or cook in? Cook in for sure. 
Nice. Uh, I, I you've had the opportunity to attend one of the my dinner parties. So I those are it's where it's my like form of my art form, my creative outlet. Yeah. So it's all the listeners. Aside from being a, a Forbes thirty under thirty, Brandy also has a, a little side hustle where she's got a pop up um, restaurant kind of experience. The was it Brandy Wine Experience? Brandy Wine Experiment. Experiment. Yep. Yeah. So she's well known within the Miami circles uh, when she announces a pop up. Yeah, it's a it's fun. I have to do I have to do another one soon. It's been a while. I love it. Yeah, is that your rapid fire question? That that's it. Yep. All right. Okay. So I've got a few. Madrid or Miami? Madrid. Okay. Paella or sangria? Ooh, sangria. Okay. Today or mañana? <laughs> Manana. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Less one people are tech. Technology. Okay. People are tech. People are tech. Oh, tech. I thought you said team. Tech. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, people are people are tech. People are tech. Technology. People. people. Okay. All right. Cool. Um iPhone or Android? Oh, iPhone. Uh favorite music genre? house okay mm-hmm. uh if you could pick any animal to represent you what animal would it be polar bear <laughs> and uh if you were to be a digital nomad where would you go madrid i would i really need to figure out a way to get back there <laughs> so I, I think our we're hearing the first international market of sexnet will be yeah I, likely in madrid <laughs> yes i we've we've floated it and i was i'd be like i volunteer i'll go i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> someone's got to yeah, exactly. I'll make um, a sacrifice. Yeah, it's, you know, pop-ups in Madrid plus setting up shop, you know, it's totally, someone needs to do it. Someone needs um, to Yes, I, I love it. So we have one last segment before we close the show and is called Whose Brand Is It Anyways, where we like to cover a hotel brand that's usually under the bigger flag. So Marriott, Hilton, um, I think Best Western, IHG, the the six big ones, right, Golden? What are... Hyatt. Yeah. Yeah, Hyatt. So we grab a random soft brand under one of those, and the guess the point of the game is to guess uh, what big brand it is. So uh, if you're ready to rock and roll, we're going to do whose brand is it anyways? And the brand of the week is Pro T Hotels. Oh, wow. <laughs> give it to you one more time. So we'll, uh, Brandy, we'll let guess first. I was gonna say we'll let the Michaels go first, but Brandy, you know, Mike, lady, Michael go first. first. I, oh, I, first. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. I can't even begin to think. It's not. It can't be IHG because Ross doesn't look too confident right now. No, I, I will go for I will go for Best Western. If I, I made sure to stay away from IHG this week because I was tired of Ross winning. <laughs> That's why I go for Best Western then. I don't know. It's not a Marriott brand. Yeah, I have. I've never even. I am now. Now I'm not confident. (laughs) (laughs) No one knows the answer except for me, unless they're cheating. I'm gonna guess the core. A core, okay. That's one. Best Western. Best Western. Brandy. Final answer. Oh, just go with Hilton as a. Just throw that out there. (laughs) All right. Well, none of you are right. It was a Marriott. So. Nice. I was like, uh, man, I have to get one at least that we all would kind of guess, but wouldn't look like it was. Uh, yeah, you know, it does not look like a Marriott brand. Yeah. 
anyways now you know so know. there's a there's a fun fact for you of the day but uh brandy thank you so much for being on the show it's been really cool to dive in with your your story and kind of just seeing how your mind works with the whole company and the industry it's really fun and fascinating so i just want to say thank you for joining us yeah thank you for having me on it's so much fun of course you're the first 30 under 30 i've ever spoken to so oh wow <laughs> pretty exciting pretty exciting you may get your autograph can you make an NFT so we can have the only copy and just become really famous for it? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. You're you belong in Miami. Uh, <laughs> it's NFT week right now. Can't wait. Uh, maybe I'll just do Get a pop. There, there we go. All right. Well, thank you so much, Brandy. And thank you to all our listeners who have joined in and we'll see you all again next week.